Welcome to the comic section hosted by Live from the Treehouse, where we talk about topics that are trendy, where topics and generally just topics that interest us. My name is Jaron Scott. I'm Joshua Yarbrough. And we hope you enjoy. So this is our first official podcast. The other one we did didn't quite make it, but so this is the first real one. Um, our website, Live from the Treehouse, it's uh, very much focused on people of our generation. Um, I guess millennials, just, top, just different topics that we're interested in, essays, things of that nature. So it's really just kind of a creative space for somebody to kind of express their ideas um, in a variety of different mediums. So um, definitely check out the website. Um, and if you're interested, uh, just contact either me or Jerron and we can uh, see what we can do. Um, that's pretty much it. Um, I guess we'll go ahead and get started on some of the topics of the day. So the first topic we're actually going to talk about is this NBA free agency where a player named Tyler Johnson Got fifty million, was it, from the Nets? Yeah, he um he was a prospect. Well, he's he's a a young prospect from Miami. He had um just recently started getting some time. Um, he was actually supposed to be part, of, I guess, Miami's future development, but um they blew him off the tape. I mean, everybody in free agency has getting the new salary cap has made it to where a journeyman can be making seventeen to eighteen million a year, um, which is a good thing and a bad thing because now you really don't know someone's value if you look at their contract. Tyler Johnson. $50 million contract is bigger than how many Hall of Famers, considering he's never played any substantial or nobody could even really pinpoint who he was when he first signed that deal. So, so I, I had to Google who Tyler Johnson was because maybe I was just like, he's some big NBA player that I just happened to never see or hear of. And I just realized he's just someone who happens to be around 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, mm-hmm. And that's all you need to be in the NBA right now. Yeah, if you're 6'5", you're going to be... You're going to be worth at least $12 million a year. You really don't need any discernible skill, um, especially if you're seven feet. I mean, it's a good thing. It's just it's different. I think you'll see the other sports leagues take notice, like NFL and things of that nature, because their athletes, their, their um, employees are going to be looking and wondering why is there such a significant pay gap, considering the NFL is the most important, one of the most watched, most popular game in America. And basketball has its own segment. I mean, obviously, it's, it's a huge industry, but at the same time, the guaranteed money. I mean, Tyler Johnson is guaranteed to make $50 million, whereas if you play for the Falcons and you might be accomplished, you might sniff out three or four million a year. You know, so it's really just um, it's a huge wage gap, and I think you'll start to see some of the ramifications of the NBA players getting paid affected in different major league sports. I just, we gave, the Lakers gave my Lakers... But go Timberwolves for the next two years. Mm. My Lakers gave Mozgov $72 million. He yeah. averaged 8.6 points a game. Mm-hmm. Like It was absolutely terrible. I just want to know. What, as, what, as bad as this contract is, it doesn't. It At least the Lakers will be terrible for the next three or four years. So by the time this contract is winding down, you know, they'll actually be decent again. But Tyler Johnson, and then you have guys like, you know, who we really couldn't even put their name. Bismack Biombo, I think he just signed a seventy million dollar contract in Orlando. Guy, I mean, Mozgov, that's is a bad signing, but you know, in the it, it what made it look worse was that it was the first signing. Now, if Mozgov had signed a contract today, people would be like, "Oh my goodness!" But it was the first signing of free agency it was Timothy Mozgov a seventy million dollar contract. That's what made it as bad, you know. But Tyler Johnson's deal, I mean, this is a guy who I don't think anybody knew who he was prior to the free agency. And he's now worth fifty million dollars. That that's you know more mind blowing. At least Mozgov, people can recognize him. He did 
he's had some playoff runs. He has had some NBA success. Tyler Johnson is still just a prospect, you know. So, you know, if I had one superpower, if I can just pick one, it would just be to be six seven. That mm. way, I can be in the NBA, be a millionaire. I ain't got to save no lives. No, I can just I can make millions of dollars, averaging five points a game. Yeah, you can't teach height. If you're seven foot, you might not be able to dribble basketball, but you'll always have a drive as long as you're seven foot. Um, I mean, like I said, it's just a buy. It's a it's a buyer's market, like whatever is the phrase. Yeah, I mean, make sure your kids are seven feet. Make sure no. they take their the vitamins. Go find the tallest person you can. And go have children, marry them, and go have children. Yes, go find find Shaq and have sex with Shaq, and then you will be, you know, rich in twenty years. So exactly, you'll be rich now. If you yeah, you'll be rich. Shaq, yeah, but. yeah, you still be rich now, but I mean, you really be rich in about twenty years. And you won't feel bad because it has to be your kid instead of someone else's money. But yeah, that's 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 what will happen. So to shift gears a little bit, so I'm I'm sure you're aware now. Jesse's Williams' speech from the BT Awards, mm. and it was a very interesting speech. I thought it was very very impactful and very important for someone of his status to use that platform to advance black causes. However, there's been quite a bit of backlash. So we're going to actually let you guys listen to a little bit of it. Then we're going to discuss it. This award, this is not for me. This is for the real organizers all over the country, the activists, the civil rights attorneys, the struggling parents, the families, the teachers, the students that are realizing that a system built to divide and impoverish and destroy us cannot stand if we do. All right? It's kind of basic mathematics. The more we learn about who we are and how we got here, the more we will mobilize. Now, this is also in particular for the black women, in particular, who have spent their lifetimes dedicated to nurturing everyone before themselves. We can and will do better for you. Now, what we've been doing is looking at the data, and we know that police somehow managed to de-escalate, disarm, and not kill white people every day. So what's gonna happen is we are gonna have equal rights and justice in our own country, or we will restructure their function and ours. Now. I got more, y'all. Yesterday would have been young Tamir Rice's 14th birthday. So I don't want to hear any more about how far we've come when paid public servants can pull a drive-by on a 12-year-old playing alone in a park in broad daylight, killing him on television and then going home to make a sandwich. Tell Rakia Boyd how it's so much better to live in 2012 than it is to live in 1612 or 1712. Tell that to Eric Garner. Tell that to Sandra Bland. Tell that to Dorian Hunt. So naturally, of course, his speech was a little divisive. It was controversial because mm-hmm. some reason when you tell the truth that, you know, black people are killed at alarming rate in this country, it's a similar problem. But he actually received a lot of backlash from the black community. Do you believe that? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't I think people like to be offended. And I just I will never understand the big deal about how hard it is not to be an asshole to people. <laughs> That's really about a lot of these speeches are just treat everyone like, they have a fair and equal opportunity, but, you know, apparently that's always going to be controversial, like, he's speaking out of turn, like, I guess because he's mixed or or what have you, but, I mean, that, he, he, he was dead on, he's spot on that, you know, how can the police, you know, these trained officers, you know, somehow, some way, just, you know, always find a black life to kill over a white life, and especially for similar crimes, you know, how is it that 
you know, black people get locked up at alarmingly higher rates, Latinos and other uh, minorities than white people. And white, you know, citizens and, you know, like marijuana use is the same. And a similar thing is like you see that, you know, the rate is pretty much standard across the line. But it seems like, you know, African-Americans and underserved populations always get locked up and harassed and things of that nature. So it's really just calling the police and a lot of the system to the um, to the pulpit, kind of like to the, you know, to see, okay, what's, what do you guys really, what's your really, your modus operandi, so. so. What bothers me the most about it is first is the petition getting removed from Grey's Anatomy, like the creator of that is yeah, not that, a black woman. That sucks. And who he spoke about in the speech with with uh, rainbows and flowers with nothing but positive things. So I don't think that's going to happen. But also from the black community, they're like, well, David Banner been saying that for years, but you're not going to listen to him because he's dark skin and Jesse Williams is light skin. So we're just going to listen to Jesse Williams. And also they're like, well, you know, if one of your friends said this, you don't listen, we'll stick a celebrity. So it seems that everybody wants to criticize the messenger at every single turn no matter mm-hmm. what no matter who's saying it it's like well we shouldn't listen to it because jesse williams said it and he's a paid celebrity unless you did some background research on him it's like you know he's really been fighting this fight for oh, a very wow. long time that's why he got the humanitarian award he didn't accept the, the hip-hop video of the year award mm-hmm. we had a woman shaking their butts then said this this is someone who's actually putting in the work yeah. Even using putting his celebrity status on the line because he could easily get blacklisted. Yeah, for doing something like this. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's. I mean, this is why I say like, people love to be offended. It makes no sense to say that. Oh, David Banner been saying. I mean, a lot of people have been saying before Jesse Williams. Just, just as that original thought from Jesse Williams. It's, it's a great thought, but you know, people, a lot of people have been fighting it. So he had a platform and he decided to say something about it. So this, you know, that's a that's a lot of credit to him. That's not taking away from anybody else's efforts. It's just that you know the BET Awards is. is a highly visible um, show, a lot of people watching it, boom. And um, he had an opportunity to take it. And I'm sure if David Banner was, I don't know if he was in attendance or what, you know, what he's got going on, but if he, I mean, I'm pretty sure he would have said the same thing. Similar people have said it before and guarantee someone else is going to say it again. So I feel like people just love to be offended. They look, it's like they're chasing ambulance, you know, just like, please God, just find a way to piss me off because it, it's really not that serious. It's a good thought and I think it should be left at that. I think part of it is is this uh, woke crowd and this third eye gang or whatever mm. they call themselves, mm-hmm. the sons and daughters of Egypt, because that's the clearly only country in Africa is Egypt. Yeah. So I think a lot of people nowadays, they're just so woke and so conscious that they don't realize how ignorant they actually really are in yeah. real life. I mean, being yeah. woke is not, really, it's not even so much being woke. It's just kind of being, just know what you're doing. Like, it's not necessarily a huge movement. Just know... That oh you know there's, everything's not conspiracy it's pretty it's pretty standard like oh my god the food companies are trying to do this to try and get you I'm like no shit you know they I mean they're try- of course they want you to buy you know fast food and stuff like that there's no type of hidden meaning about that it's just money. have a, just have a decent diet you know just you know go to the store buy you know actual real food make that you know more often than you go out to eat I mean these are businesses that are trying to get paid so it's nothing that they're, they're not hiding anything every business person at the end of the day wants to maximize their profit and. That the way they go about it, you know, they have different ways about going about it, and I don't think that, I mean, that just makes them it makes them business people, and it's not necessarily being woke. Okay, the police, oh my god, the police are being uh, black kids. They've been doing that for what, how many, two hundred, three hundred years? <laughs> so I mean, not like necessarily just you know keeping your eye open, just you know, just make sure you just just are smart about certain things. Certain things as a black man I can't do um, that other people can do. They'll flat out, I'm you know, if I walk around in certain areas, I'm always going to be assumed to be a threat. 
and nothing's going to change that. Um, and I think a part of it is it's just people growing up. Yeah. Obviously, when you grow up, you learn different things. Of course, when you're young, you don't say some words or some things that you look back now and say, that was pretty dumb of me to say. Yeah. But that doesn't make you woke or conscious or have no. this mystical third eye or make you your connection up. to Egypt any yeah. deeper. It's called you're growing up and maturing. Yeah. And um, even through student development theory, you learn about crosses theory and aggressions. This is just how people become more in tune with their blackness and more comfortable mm -hmm. with it. And I know a lot of people that are going through it. They're rejecting white ideas completely. Yeah. Then they're, you know, then they're like, oh, no, I can't do I got to be completely Colonel White. But I'm doing it on social media platforms created right. by white people. Yeah. So, um, but then once they, when hopefully once they grow up and out of it, they realize that, you know, I have to find balance in this world. But, but yeah, um, I mean, we live in an age nowadays where we have more information at our fingertips than ever before. So it's not, I mean, if you could, you could pretty much be self-taught and be at a functional level, just about anything, thanks to Google, Wikipedia, and all these different platforms, we can just look up, okay, how do I do this? Um, you might not be an expert at it, but it is what it is. And so it's really not a matter of, we just have the opportunity to learn more about different things and kind of just realize, you know, our place in society or kind of... Um, you know, to kind of see what's going on behind the closed doors, and you didn't really have that before. And I think now people are kind of thinking, oh, my God, this is terrible. But, I mean, it's, it's always been terrible. It's always been terrible. So it's kind of, I don't understand how this is some groundbreaking, you know, it's not groundbreaking stuff that McDonald's is going to kill you if you eat it every day. That's not groundbreaking. That's just kind of like, you know, that's common knowledge. I don't know. I, th I think everybody thinks they're a little smarter than they are. I think everybody wants to be um, at the front of any type of revolutionary type of, you know, movement, but you're not the front because this movement has been going on since the beginning of time and it's going to keep on going. It's good that you, you acknowledge certain things and you kind of organize those different things in your life. Um, like I said, you, you know, you can't unify through hate. So by saying, just kind of doubling down on the, this system or the white man system, I'm like, you can't, that's not going to do anything because first of all, if you do some simple math, we're still the minority. I think Malcolm X did the simple math. He was like, we could start a revolution, but we might lose because, you know, he didn't have a huge, you know what I'm saying? We're just population-wise, we're just kind of, you know, you're, you're going to have to, you know, work within what's out there. But, you know, I don't think it's like the worst thing in the world. I mean, obviously you, you know, there's some corrupt things out there, but you just really have to know what's going on. You kind of organize and, you know, your thoughts and ideas and go about your business. It's not necessarily being woke. It's just, you know. I guess if I can tell the woke crowd of Third Eye Gang, Sons and Daughters of Egypt, well, I, well, this just need to pick a name. Let's let's start there. But beyond that, this is like you know, reach out and help people. They're they're so quick to put down another person. Where it's just like, I'm gonna take the privileges that I don't want. I'm gonna gain a little bit of them. Mm. Then I'm talk down about the people who don't have them. Right. I'm gonna get me a passport. Then I'm gonna uh, make fun of people who can't take the time off from their work because they work an hourly job. Mm -hmm. and if they don't work that job, they won't pay the bills. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I'm gonna make fun of them, or I'm gonna, you know, I know I'm gonna treat people with respect, or I'm I've never been victimized by the police, but I'm gonna demand equal rights for other people, even though I've never stepped foot in the hood. Mm -hmm. I've never once I don't work with students, I don't work with little black. And, black boys and girls mm -hmm. that and those are the same people saying you know we got to change the system we got to change the yeah. system it needs to get better but these people aren't big brothers or big sisters they're, they're not, not volunteering it, yeah. they're not taking the lead besides but they're saying they woke 
mm-hmm. because they they can recognize something's wrong. Well, stuff always been wrong. The police yeah. has been brutalizing black people since the beginning. Mm-hmm. That's not going to change. You saying it on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram isn't going to change that. You have to actually get out and do something about it. Now, I'm not saying you got to go quit your job and work directly in the hood, but if you're not volunteering or you have no connections to anybody or trying to better anyone's lives, you're pretty much just wasting your time. Yeah, I mean, I think my favorite, one of my favorite Dr. King quotes is that anybody can be great because anybody can serve. You know, ultimately, I think we're all servants on some level to try to make the world a better place. And that, um, you know, really... What the service you can always provide, you can always, if you not can't do it, you don't have the time because of your work schedule, your life schedule, you can always donate. You can always tithe a certain uh, portion of something else. You can always, um, you can always make some type of effort. You can be involved. And that's really what service is. And that's really how you, the only way that we're going to all get better is if we all chip in. So to think that, you know, sit back and kind of just talk shit and you're not necessarily making an impact on yourself or trying to make an impact, um, you know, like I said, it starts at the it starts on the fundamental level. You can always mentor somebody, mm-hmm. and um, you can kind of just teach them how you know just basic basic stuff. You don't necessarily have to always be you know marching in the in the march. You can always you never know who you influence. It's gonna be something as small as it work, like your co-working kind of somebody who's newer to the job. You kind of take them under your wing and kind of show them how to go about it. Um, people from your high school, people from your college, you know, younger people coming behind you that might have been involved in organizations you were involved with, you can kind of mentor them and kind of coach them up. Um, and then they'll take that and kind of spawn it out into their own personal lives. And you never know how I many, you know, you never know the power of leadership until you really kind of neglect it. So just kind of always be cognizant about that. All right, to switch it up, we're going to do something a little lighter because that might have been too deep for the intro. We're going to do a little segment that we're going to call Unpopular Opinions. We're just going to give a couple of our unpopular opinions that other people may really like them or enjoy it. But we just don't think that's that just that good. So we'll start with you, Josh. I don't like potato salad. I, I've never been a fan. It's I'm, gross. It's very gross. It's gross. I've, I've spent my entire life in Atlanta. I'm, you know, southern born. Do you know what the best way to eat potato salad is? The best way to eat potato salad is you throw it in the trash. It is literally the worst thing. I always tell anybody, don't put potato salad on my plate. I don't nope. care if your grandma made it, your mommy made nope. it, your auntie with the flubby arms made it. Nope. I am not going to eat that. Flubby. But um, <laughs> I think coleslaw is in the same family because I've never eaten... Coleslaw, I don't understand why Zaxby's just thought coleslaw was just a perfect treat on top of your chicken finger plate. So I always Wait, what? They have coleslaw? Yeah, Zaxby's always offers coleslaw. And you always swap it out for the extra um, Texas toast. I do that every single I time. I get the wings and things. I don't mess with no coleslaw. That's the only thing I get from Zaxby's. Bobby, they give you coleslaw. Don't they, 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 no. they don't? Mm-mm. Oh, wow. You got to change up your order. No, I'm, I'm faithful to the chicken finger plate. Cole- I sometimes get like the nibblers because the nibblers are cool. I like small... Stuff like that. is also disgusting, but I guess an unpopular opinion of mine that I get a lot of heat for. I really think Future's the best rapper out right now. Yeah, I mean, I I think that the term best rapper out is kind of... Um, it's loose. It's, it's based on because, a lot of, because a lot of other things. You really could honestly just say, give Jay-Z that award until he dies. Consider if you think he's out or not. I think the people who are really active in movie music, I think... I could definitely see Future. I think Drake is still there. Um, I think... That is, those really are the top. See, I say Kendrick and Cole definitely are, you know, close. Big Sean is close as well. I think those guys are just in a different category from Drake. Yeah, I, I think you're looking at. No, just are great, the great rappers. But. Yeah, but I, I think there's something about like Future right now has pretty much been the soundtrack for the past, you know, year and a half, two years. Kendrick is is great and he's a revolutionary, but I mean, I, in my opinion, I, as great as uh, 
um, uh, Butterfly was, and even as good as Mad City was, my favorite Kendrick anything is Section 80. I still love that. Um, so, I mean, like I said, I think Future is still the, you know, he's a top dog right now. Um, and Drake is like right behind them. I think those two alternate. I yeah. think whoever puts out the latest project, and I think that I don't think Future has put out a bad song in the past year. He's put out some bad songs, but the overall projects he's put out haven't been bad. Nah, not none of it's bad. It's all good. Yeah, they're all good projects. Shout out to Future, Future Half. Even Drake's. I mean, everybody. I think views have mixed reviews, but it's one of those albums that's going to grow on people. I think. With, I think it's going to look. It's a been lot up better. for like two months now. If it hasn't grown on you, it's not going to no, grow. No, I mean, there's some albums that take years to grow. Like, hey, that's Drake isn't one of them. Well, you look at Exile on Main Street with the Rolling Stones. That was, that came out like. Are you really comparing the Rolling Drake to the Rolling Stones? Yeah, they got about the same money. I mean, it, you know, I, I mean, seriously, there's some albums that you look back and it's kind of like I didn't realize how great that album was. And I think that's no, no, let's go back to you comparing Drake to the Rolling Stones. Well, I mean, Migos compare themselves to the Beatles, so I feel like it's, it's apropos. But. Just because the Amigos are stupid enough to do that don't mean you gotta be. But, no, I'm just saying, in terms of looking at the impact, I feel like, you know, there's some albums in retrospect, like even the Beatles, they, their album, the White Album, my favorite Beatles album, at the time was divisive, but over time it grew into something more. I think that's what's gonna happen with Drake's album. It's, yeah, it's been too much, but I mean, you still gotta figure it's gonna take years and years, and I think it's gonna grow, a lot of people gonna like it better in like a year or two than they do now. But we'll see. I disagree with that. That's that's a, another so that's opinion, opinion of his. His views is going to grow on people. I, th- I already do. I think it's um, it's it to me it's been good the entire time. But I think over time, people are gonna be like, okay, it was a really good album. Then it's not gonna be, it's not a classic, but it's a good album. I mean, yeah, it's a good album, but I don't think it's gonna grow any more than it has. It's because it's not a deep album at all. Like it's not an album you have to sit down and no, dissect. It's, it's easy to digest. But I mean, I think you'll see. He'll probably put out one more single, maybe two more. I think either Child's Play or the one with Rihanna. Too good. I think those are going to have some, a little bit of life. Um, but no, I, th- I mean, like I said, I think the, the new day and age is that you kind of look at album, you kind of, you know, digest it within like a, a couple of days. But, you know, once time, time is very generous to, you know, to all wounds or, you know, mis- you know quote unquote missteps. And so I think over time people will look back and be like, that was a really good, you know, it was a good album. I guess if you get drunk one day and your world ends then you listen to views it might it might be better but till then it's yeah, just an still, okay we, album we still got some time <laughs> it's still early it's still early in the day this concludes our first podcast um, please go to the website um, we'll be doing this fairly frequently um, if you guys have any uh, ideas or suggestions for things to talk about email us um, pretty comment sure, I'm pretty sure the four people listening to this have our contact information so just uh, shoot us a text or email or and we're gonna get at least twenty people. DM me, DM the site, or just contact us. I don't think it's that hard. Like our Facebook page, Live from the Treehouse. Visit our website, livefromthetreehouse.com. Subscribe. We have uh, retail items about to be coming up. We have T-shirts. Um, we have sweaters. Um, a cooking line is going out. A cooking set. We have uh, a line of three door coops. Yes, we will be producing three door coops in mass um, pretty quickly. Um, so yeah, we have a lot of different ideas on the horizon, so definitely, um, check it out and we'll keep, you know, the world posted about our comings and goings.